You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, all you music lovers out there. This is Modern Musicology. I am author and musician R. Alan Seiler. With me today, as always, is radio personality and writer Rob Levy. Sup. And singer-songwriter, fellow drummer, Stephanie Seymour. Hey, everybody. Rob's making faces. <laughs> Dad, my, Rob's making faces at me. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about the 2024 Grammys and mm -hmm. what a program that was. But before we jump into that, as we're recording this, just yesterday morning, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced this year's nominees for induction into the Hall of Fame. And we're going to do a real quick summary of that. Uh, we wanted to get into that before that, you know, while it's still news. So here's the list of possible inductees for this year. Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, Cher, Dave Matthews Band, Eric B. and Rakim, Foreigner, Peter Frampton, Jane's Addiction, yes. Cool in the Gang, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis, Sinead O'Connor, Ozzy Osbourne, Sade, and A Tribe Called Quest. So out of that list, 10 of these, I think are, I think it's 10, are brand new nominations. There's a few holdovers that have uh, been nominated before that did not get in. So what do you think of this list? I never know what to think of their lists, honestly. <laughs> right, they're, always, they're sometimes always, I don't know, they're baffling, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I can see a lot of these people that should be in there for sure. Yeah. I'm underwhelmed. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Oh, that makes me feel better because I thought I was just being. No, neat. it's it's uh, not a great, I mean. I, I mean, there's, you know, there's still fantastic blues musicians from the 30s, 40s, and 50s that aren't in. There's still some jazz people that aren't in. There's some people that were left off the list that should be in. There's a couple things I am, you know, kind of happy about. And then there's a, there's kind of like the long stretch sort of, of like, okay, I get it, but I'm not sure their catalog is deep enough mm -hmm. to, to do it. But then there's also the, okay, do you get in based on being prolific and recording or not? You know, well, that's I mean, just that's the whole of, thing about the criteria. We will, we discussed this before, you know, it's like, yeah. what is their criteria really? Yeah. I mean, obviously Cher doesn't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll get into who we want to get in and not get in later, but I'm just kind of generally a little underwhelmed. I am too. And, you know, I have been waiting, you know, they, they kind of rotate where the induction ceremony is going to happen. And it was in LA a couple of years ago in New York. And this year it's going to be back in Cleveland, which mm -hmm. I'm excited about. And I was like, okay, when it comes to Cleveland, I'm going to go, I don't care who it is that's nominated. I just want to go. And I want to go in Cleveland. 
And now that we have the nominations <laughs> for this year, that's going to be in Cleveland. I'm like, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really kind of sad. I, I think there are a couple of like definites. I think, I think Sinead is 100% going to get in this year. And I say that mainly because I think the optics of her having just passed away and then put on the nominations and then not getting in would be awful. But, so but, I but think, don't you think, is she in because of that? Like, see, that's what I never. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know? Yeah. Not that I'm just, I think she's deserving. I, I agree. She's one of the ones that I would, you know, but I'm just curious as to how they all of a sudden picked Sinead O'Connor. Well, I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, are they picking this based on overall artistic output or notoriety? Because honestly, she had one commercial record that was huge. And the one, her first two albums are pretty much it in terms of commercial acclaim. Yeah. Then after that, it's pretty much a hardcore fan base and hit and miss stuff. And then she tore up a picture of the Pope and <laughs> right. that, right? So is she in because like of name recognition and the strength of those first two albums? Or, I mean, a lot of her other catalog stuff is, you know, incredible. Her album of like mm -hmm. her cover of like Don't yeah. Cry From Your Argentina and stuff is interesting. But, um, you know, but then again, she's also been on a ton of other people's records. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how they weigh that. I, um, I mean, I honestly would love to see her get in, but I mean, I'm also irritated that Sinead O'Connor gets in on the first ballot, but Kate Bush has to wait how long? Oh, I know. You know? Yeah, I know. So there is there is that aspect. And like for me, I love Jane's addiction as you know, I mean, think they're so awesome. They only had a few albums and I personally, I mean, I love these guys, but I don't even know if they should. Why would they get in over a Kate I, Bush or whatever? I, I yeah. don't think I'm weird. I don't think the Chili Peppers should get in. And by um, adjacent, I don't think Jane's Addiction should get in. I mean, those oh. first I think two, they're totally different. I think the level. I know. Yeah. But they but they have a lot of the same sort of crossbreeding um, audiences and crowds and, and mm -hmm. listeners. Right. I mean, honestly, MTV really made. MTV with been caught stealing and um, stop, you know, a lot of that propulsion of that big record they had was driven by MTV. That, that record, the first two albums of theirs are incredible. First two. Yeah. Yeah. The third one, ritual, ritual de lo uh, habitual mm -hmm. is a commercial hit. Then after that, you know, we're back to like, okay, where, where are these guys? Whereas you've got somebody that's got the career cachet of Ozzy Osbourne or uh, Chardet, who was just put in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, or, you know, you can say the same about Oasis. Oh, Oasis had a very short run. However, every band since Oasis yeah, has influenced. been somehow prolifically affected by them. So I would argue that they go in more than Jane's Addiction. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I was also going to think of, too, you know, when you say to the average person on the street, Britpop or British pop music of the 90s, the first thing that comes up is Oasis. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, these guys aren't stupid. They're trying to they're trying to create drama. They want to see, yeah. oh, can we get the brothers to show up together? You know, <laughs> right. every year, every year they have to have this moment of angst. Like, yeah. OK, which which people in, the, in, in Blondie are going to show up or which people, in, yeah. you know, so this is their angst moment. By that measure, though, then, you know, like Eric B and Rakim should be in there. Because I, they've I influenced, all for, yeah, every hip hop artist. I'm all for Tribe Called Quest and Eric B going in. Yeah, I'm all for Ozzy and Charday going in. And um, I actually, you know, as I love Eric B and Rakim, and I think that they are 
just as influential to hip hop and rap mm-hmm. as, as other artists and also as producers too. Yeah. Um, but I also think there is a certain amount of merit for cool in the gang going in for longevity. And also, you know, um, to me, and I, I'm looking at this through the narrow minded lens of, of a white suburban kid. When I think of like, you know, soul in the seventies and eighties, I think of chic. And then I think of cool in the gang. It might not be an unfair thing, but just I think there's a certain merit for Cool and the Gang. I'm not sure they're going to get in. I mean, but I, I am all about A Tribe Called Quest, Chardet and Ozzy, Sinead and Oasis, I think, getting in with Eric B. And I'd put Cher in, but she doesn't want to go in, right? Yeah. And then I think I think you, I put... Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. She she told the Rock Hall to fuck themselves. <laughs> Why? That's awesome. <laughs> because, because she's Cher. Because um, she's Cher. Exactly. That's yeah, so funny. You know, which, of course... It's kind of nice. Uh, but I also think, too, that Mary J. Mary J. Blige has had the career longevity to get in and uh, the cross-pollination of her um, genres. But I also think that every sort of African-American soul singer after Mary J. Blige is influenced by Mary J. Blige. So there's an, there is a credence for that where I think Mariah Carey gets eliminated based, based only on the, on the merits of that horrible Christmas record. That eliminates her. <sighs> I like it. That's like one of the two Mariah Carey songs that I like. <laughs> so I said that I think Sinead is a definite in, and I and I stick with that. I think that it is insane that Peter Frampton has not been in before now. You talk about influential guitar players, man. He is the right. dude. And but there's a here's a couple of things. I'm a huge Sade fan. Is Sade really rock hall material? I don't know. I, I, don't I just know. don't know. I didn't think so until they put her in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a whole different thing, though. Is Dave Matthews banned? I think Dave, no. I think so, but maybe not yet. Yeah. But here's here's my thing. There are there's at least three classic rock bands that every classic rock fan talks about when they decry the rock hall oh the rock hall is bullshit because they've never put in foreigner or sticks or REO speedwagon so we finally get one of those three on yeah. the nomination I'm, I'm i just don't think that foreigner is i mean they've had a lot of hits yes are they influential did they change the course of anything at all i don't think so i don't think so and i'm a huge 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 sticks fan I don't think Sticks needs to be in the Rock Hall of Fame. I, I don't. I think they're a great band, but I don't know that they were the influence, that, right? That that the Rock Hall looks for. Yeah, and I, I think agree. that's the same is true of a foreigner. I agree with both of those. I mean, and they're and they're they all they have great songs in their own yeah. right. They are you know yeah. they've got they've had longevity. They have success, right? Are they yeah, influential? Totally. I don't. Know. Same thing for Lenny. I mean, Lenny. But well, I feel like Len, the Lenny Oasis thing here is funny because these guys, I don't know, every rock and roll person is derivative of everyone else. So, so how can true. you even say that? But man, they really, both of those are so derivative, you know? <laughs> they are. Uh, but again, you know, pop music is in many ways derivative. Yeah, that's um, what I just, all of it is. Yeah, I mean, Oasis, how I mean, can I the, say the that? thing is, like, if you look at the measured impact of Oasis and Lenny Kravitz, you know, 20 years on. Yeah. Oasis has left a giant friggin' footprint because anytime either of these guys fart, it's in the news, right? <laughs> you know, the, the, the amount of times that people are like saying there's going to be an Oasis movement or reunion. And then the movement of the ground underneath that, you know, shakes. Yeah. 
speaks to their sort of cachet years on. So yeah, but I, I definitely think Ozzy goes in. Probably so. I think that's a safe bet. I just think think he goes in and I think, you know, in terms of, I mean, I think one of the things they look at at the, at the rock is how prolific are they? What is their name recognition? You know, what is their impact? I look at like, okay, how much of the catalog by this particular artist am I not familiar with versus how much do I know them? I have not listened to a lot of Ozzy's solo records, but I know just by osmosis, how monumental he is and what effect he's had on on music, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm and not sure you can say that. He's been. I'm not Absolutely. sure you can say that about Sade. Going back to what Alan's point yeah. is, you can say it about Mary J. Blige, right? Almost for the same reason, except Mary J. Blige should never bit the head off of a bat. Well, you know, <laughs> which would probably, be awesome. Right. She should just go out and do that if she wins. Sade <laughs> should actually. That would be that would be great. The thing that I love about Sade is that they had a long track record of success in America on top forty, doing their own thing. They didn't chase fads. They didn't chase other styles. They didn't try to sound like anybody else. They did their own thing and had big success with it. And they stayed true to their own sound. I don't know that that is worth, I don't know. I, I'm not going to even say that they're not worthy of getting in because I think they're an amazing band and and she is a, just a phenomenal songwriter and singer. But so we'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a super quick break. Early in the show, just stick around for 30 seconds and we are going to jump into the 2024 Grammy Award Ceremony. So stay tuned. What if you could bring three experienced producers into your home each week to discuss your favorite movies and the people that made them? That's Tales from Hollywoodland. Your hosts, Arthur, Julian and Steve, collectively have years of showbiz producing experience. Their weekly show is a fast-paced, fun, and very conversational experience, like spending a good time with your best movie-loving friends and family. Tales from Hollywoodland is available wherever fine podcasts are found. See you at the movies. Okay, we are back. So just a week ago, the Grammys was on TV in their big 2024 award ceremony. And I'm just going to say, Right off the bat, I think this was the best Grammys we've had in a long time. I really enjoyed it. You know, to the t- Grammy shows in totality, you know, regularly. But this was a very, this was a good one. It had a lot of moments, I think. Yeah. And I don't think they, you know, a lot of times they go to younger, hipper, current audience kind of things. And I just don't, you know, I personally don't as connect with that as much. But I don't think that their viewing audience connects with that as much either. I just don't think that people who are into Cardi B watch a lot of network television and sit through award shows. You know what I mean? So I felt like this show had a much better balance of classic and legendary and current and a little bit in terms of different styles of music presented. And I really enjoyed it. I liked, I really liked a lot of it. Definitely. There was a couple like things that I was just like, what was that? And I was just couldn't stand, but we'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's um, sort of an interesting, almost seminal transition Grammys. I think that more so in the past, they honored legacy artists. I think when they were, when they were doing the in memoriam, they're like, wow, there's a lot of really great people that are going. We need to really focus on great talent that's alive, but then also mix that in with the new talent that's coming as like a transition, because I think like Alan said, it was really balanced. And I think having that balance is sort of almost a handing of the torch, not completely, but it's like, we are acknowledging older people. I mean, having 
Brandy Carlisle with Joni Mitchell, for example. That is a crossing generations thing. Having Combs with Tracy Chapman, that is a crossing generations thing as well as crossing culture. So I think mm-hmm. they're really paying attention, focusing on crossing cultures, crossing generations. But I also think more so than they've done the last three or four years, they did much more honoring of legacies. Yes. Because honestly, you know, Tracy Chapman did not get a Grammy that night, but they were honoring the legacy of Tracy Chapman as a singer and songwriter, yeah. you know which they probably wouldn't do because they're never going to give her a Grammy because they're dumb. So I I think it's sort of that. I really watched more of it than I normally do. Normally I sort of like, okay, what are the awards coming up? And I'll kind of hit and miss it. And this year, more than years in the past, I paid attention to who some of the up and coming people were. And I am really proud of myself because this year, more than most, I knew who the hell all these people were. Okay. So standout performance. I feel like Joni Mitchell was a standout performance. Joni with her, the, the crew with Brandy yeah. and everybody. I mean, listen, technically, like, look, she's 80 and her voice was what is what it is, but she was mm-hmm. so spot on, like her delivery. And I think as the song progressed, things just, it just got more and more emotional. Like, yeah. and with the beautiful background vocals, just the, 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 the instrumentation was fantastic. And just hearing her sing that song from an 80 year old perspective was, yes. I was just sobbing the whole, I just could not, I was just blown away. It was so emotional. That's exactly what I took away from it too. I felt like when you have a song like that, both sides now, and you, your, your career started when you were really oh, yeah. young and now you're 80 years old and you sing the line, I'm looking at life from both, both sides, sides now I means know. it's so profound I know. To, to hear that song sung by an 80 year old woman who originally sang it when she was very young. She has literally lived both sides of life at this point. And, and you could just it was see an amazing moment. People in the audience were sobbing too. You know, it was just people were really touched by it. I was watching a little behind the scenes thing with um, one of my favorite current artists, Noah Kahn, who was at the ceremony, who did not win. Uh, He had a couple of things up and he was up for best new artist and he didn't win. But he was there with his mom. His mom was his was Mm. his Grammy date. And she was so excited Mm -hmm. that Joni Mitchell was going to be there. Yeah. And I feel like she is so iconic. I I feel like it meant something that Joni Mitchell was there and had never performed at the Grammys before. Right. Also bananas. And like, you know, the fact that Brandy was saying what an influence she was on her, you know, what Joni Mitchell was such an influence on Brandy's career. And, uh, you know, on so many artists, Joni Mitchell is such a huge influence, not just female artists. I mean, she was just influence of a generation. So you're, you're listening to Brandy. If you love Brandy, you love her because, you know, Joni Mitchell, you know, molded that or, you know, had a big part of that, you know, absolutely. That was incredible. You know, my knowledge of Joni Mitchell is pretty much what you get in love actually. Right. Um, I mean, I knew she was fantastic. I knew she was a great singer songwriter. I just never really listened to her. It's nothing personal. It just wasn't my thing. But yeah, that was amazing. It was impossible to be emotionally moved. And also just like by the, by her presence, not even singing, just the presence. Like, okay, she's like in a cool chair. She looks like, you know, know the woman at the party that you shut the hell up and listen to kind of looked like she kind of looked like the coolest tarot tarot card reader at the party. (laughs) But she's also, you know, freaking Joni Mitchell. So I that was really great. And I just 
the the Grammys really needed a poignant moment because they don't really have those every year. And this was like, this is like the one single moment that you can sort of pin your your finger on. I mean, I think it's bigger than the Tracy Chapman moment. Hmm. But yeah, I, I think that's it, followed by by Tracy, Tracy. Chapman. Yeah, and then also Annie Lennox singing Sinead. See, I was not. Uh, I, I don't know. To me, that was we a little odd. At that whole in memoriam section to me was weird. The Stevie yeah, I, Wonder the thing whole, was the bizarre. Whole, the whole in memoriam segment was weird. Yes. Weird. The best is yet to come. Really? I know. Yeah. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, that, that has to be the only song that that Stevie ever sang with. Tony Bennett. So that's the one that they had to use. But but still. And it was just a weird concept anyway, the whole thing. Well, they wasted a huge opportunity because what they what they should have done. And this is why, you know, I never get to run the Grammys. What they should have done is had Stevie Wonder and Lady Gaga do a Tony Bennett song. Agreed. Which would have been a meeting of two generations, two mm-hmm. styles talking about Tony Bennett. Yeah. That and would- if you're and if you're thinking about Tony Bennett and you're thinking about his collaborators who do you think of more than lady gaga i i wonder if they invited her and she wasn't available i wonder mm-hmm. you know because you think she would be the one who would be there to to pay tribute you know now having said that anytime you can see stevie wonder play anything as old as he is now is he's fantastic. still phenomenal though yeah yeah oh, i thought God. he looked great he was yeah he looked and sounded wonderful mm-hmm yeah, but the whole immemorial thing. Annie Lennox, I thought started out a little shaky, but found her voice. I don't know if there was like a monitor issue or something, mm-hmm. but you know, and and she's you know getting up in age too, and she doesn't sing as much anymore as she used to because she's really focused on the social issues and and social activism and stuff like that. And so maybe she is a little rusty in performance. But I was so thrilled to see Wendy and Lisa Wendy there and Lisa. with her. That, oh, that was amazing. Totally I cool. Mean, I absolutely adore them. Yeah. And anytime, and you know, in the, in the pregame, you know, the, the show that takes place before the broadcast, the opening number Sheila E was in. So Prince was, you know, well represented. Mm-hmm. And of course, nothing compares to you as a Prince song that yep. Sinead did. So it was, I thought it was perfect to have Wendy and Lisa involved in that as well. Yes. Loved it. You know, I thought it wasn't maybe like a, um, the best, obviously, I think, like we just said, Tracy Chapman and Joni Mitchell kind of take the cake. But I really loved Fantasia's Tina Turner tribute. Oh, that was great. Yeah, I thought she was really, really excellent. I always thought she was such a cool singer. And yeah. I couldn't put my finger on it when I saw her. I haven't seen her in a while. I was like, who? Is- oh, you know, someone is <laughs> Fantasia. <laughs> but um, <laughs> right. what? A- that was really great. Yes, it was. That was a powerhouse performance. And Miley Cyrus clearly took her dress from one of those background dancers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That I didn't notice. Yeah. When Miley wore that like cool, I don't know, that was a pretty cool dress, but it was totally Tina Turner inspired. (laughs) I liked Miley's performance though. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I felt like it was it was basically just her and the band on stage and there yeah. wasn't a lot of, and you know, that's another thing about this year's Grammy is that there wasn't a lot of like choreography and big show moments. It was basically music. And, yeah. and I love that. There's a couple of exceptions to that. Like the opening uh, uh, suite with Dua Lipa, which I thought was really good. And they were on that, like, you know, climbing around that jungle gym and all that kind of stuff. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. But anyway, back to Miley. 
um, her performance just seemed so natural and yeah, so off real. the cuff. And she, you can tell it's not a lip sync performance because she just like says shit. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. Just whatever she wants to say. Just hey, y'all, I just won a Grammy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she, she uh, that's why I loved her little intro package. It was so cute. She was so excited, you know, to, she's like, I'm doing this for myself, you know? And she, yeah. when she won, she was like, I just want a Grammy. Like, I mean, she's, t that's great, you know? Yeah. I really liked the little video packages that they put before the main performances to kind of get that like behind the scenes look at the artist and how the song came about and what the song means to the, the artist in question. I thought that was really great. Yeah. Mm hmm. Now, let's talk about the other biggie, because we haven't really talked about it yet, and that's Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman yes. doing Fast Car. What'd you think? Oh, I just thought it was great. First of all, I never saw Luke Combs perform, and I I didn't really um, know much about him. Boy, he was, uh, what a voice. I think he sounds fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm not a country music person, so I don't know much about that. But And <laughs> she was outstanding. She looked great. She looked like she was having a great time. She was smiling like she sounded amazing. Yes. God, I, I agree. She was just like perfection. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because they open the show with Dua and she does that suite of three songs and it's a big showpiece and everything. The first performance after that is Luke Holmes and Tracy Chapman. And I feel like that set the tone for the whole show. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Cause it was like Rob, you were saying like they needed a poignant moment. Like that was too kind of, you know? Yeah. That was pretty amazing. I really probably haven't listened to as much Tracy Chapman as I should have. The stuff she did after the fast car album is fantastic and she's prolific, but it's not that I've forgotten her. It's just, I just haven't gotten around to doing it. But one of the things that reminded that that reminded me of is just what a prolific songwriter she was. Everybody kind of likes to still root for an underdog. And I think that, <laughs> That people, one, were like, I'm rooting for Tracy Chapman because she's awesome. And, oh, look at her, right? She's clearly enjoying her moment. Yeah. But also, at this particular moment, where we are as a country, that cultural reaching across of a, a country artist, you know, performing with a queer Black songwriter is profoundly incredible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they just let it happen and didn't heavy hand it is also pretty amazing. It's kind of, again, like Alan said, letting the music speak for itself. And I think the music sort of spoke for itself. And I think that was one of the moments that sort of yeah. underscored that. 100% agree. Really well that. said. Yes. Yeah. And I think that this reminded a lot of people of Tracy because everybody knows Fast Car. And Luke had a huge hit with it this year. And I think that... You can tell the day after the Grammys, her recording of Fast Car was the number one stream song on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. And the, the her debut album, where the song comes from, was also, a, a, you know, just jumped up in the streaming charts. And And I'm really excited about that. I hope that a lot of people maybe listened to that album for the first time, because that first album of hers is phenomenal. Yeah. It is one of the greatest albums in the last 40 years. And, you know, later in her career, she really got away from some of the social awareness that the first album had. The first album was all about class disparity and life in the ghetto. And, you know, that's kind of stuff. And she, she didn't do it in a 
heavy handed or confrontational way. It was just like she's telling you this is what's going on, not in an angry way, just in a matter of fact. Yeah, it's storytelling. Exactly. And it is a phenomenal record. And I hope a lot of people really dig into it because it's so good. What it did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is she? No, I don't know. Okay. What what, what that record did was it took a lot of the things that hip hop was saying and brought them to like folk and alternative music. I remember at the time I was a music director at a radio station Mm -hmm. and they were pushing that and it was fantastic because there weren't a lot of African-American artists being represented on American alternative college radio, unless you got like Bad Manners or Fishbone or you weren't getting a lot or Living Color. And I just remember it being a big friggin' deal when that record came out because it, it hit college radio. College radio played the holy living daylights out of it. And then it broke commercially. Yeah. That's back when college radio was sort of like the breeding ground for new artists. And she broke out of that. So that was sort of like a really cool 90s moment. And it was sort of the last great moment for acoustic music before grunge hit. So, yeah. So I I just want to quote a lyric. And this to me sums up that first album. Last night, I heard the screaming loud voices behind the wall. Another sleepless night for me. It won't do no good to call the police. They always come late if they come at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when they arrive, they say they can't interfere in domestic affairs between a man and his wife. And as they walk out the door, the tears well up in her eyes. That is an amazing lyric. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shit. And that is just her telling a story of something that's happening. Yeah. God, what a profound album that is. Anyway, okay, we'll move on. (laughs) (laughs) It deserves the attention, so, you know. Yeah, totally, totally. Who who are some of the other performers that you enjoyed? I really enjoyed the SZA performance. Okay, really? She's Yeah, oh, did you not? (laughs) That was one of the ones I wasn't crazy about. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I didn't love it, but I was like really glad to see her live. And I I really like, okay, I get it. I think Kill Bill is such a great song. It wasn't one that I'm that, all that familiar with. I started listening to a lot of Grammy stuff leading up to the ceremony. So I would be more familiar with some of the stuff. And I and I just fell in love with that song. And so I really enjoyed that. Billie Eilish. Oh, yeah. And Phineas. I thought they were great. You know, one thing I will say about her, and I, I think that song totally deserved to win because that song is so great. It's really a just a nail. They they hit the nail on the head with that song, mm-hmm. like they do with a lot of their songs. But I often wish that she would just let loose with her voice. I know that song's not about that, but I know she can sing full voiced. I've heard her mm-hmm. do it. And I just wish she would kind of like expand and break out more. Yeah. That's my only thing about her. I, I think she's got so much talent. Yeah, I do too. And she does on certain Some things. Yep, yeah, definitely. But no, I, I totally get it because on that first album particularly, I was like, I don't know what the hell you're saying. I, I know. Just, <laughs> and I feel like I'm an old dude, like, hey, speak up, young person. <laughs> right. No, I, I don't want to appear like that either. And I don't mean that is a style <laughs> and that's a cool style. And cl- right. clearly she's created this, you know thing but, but, you, but i know you can sing i know songs. you can sing a real like you yeah. know open your open your vocal cords and sing it babe <laughs> yeah but i think phineas too as a co-songwriter mm. and uh an arranger and a musician i think he's great yes and i think that they are i mean they're brother and sister so i'm not using the word couple in that way but 
a, they're a power couple yeah. in the current music landscape. So I, I can't wait to see where they go from here. Yeah. And I think she definitely deserved that song of the year. Mm hmm. Yeah. I like Billy Joel's new song. I don't know if anyone else did, but I liked it. I like the song. Yeah. I didn't think the performance was that great. I just thought it was kind of lackluster. I wanted to, I yeah. want to hear it on record now. I want to hear it recorded because I feel like that's yeah. kind of the same way. Like it was, I think he kind of felt he was just like in a mood or something. It didn't seem like he was super psyched to <laughs> well, be there. <laughs> I think he, well, he probably was drinking. <laughs> I think he, sort of was kind of out of place yeah i know we talked about stevie wonder before but they sort of placed that in a very perfect spot but billy joel was kind of like where 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 do we put him in with all these artists like they didn't book well around him you know and i think what the one thing they did with all the other artists is everything sort of went bang bang person to person to per it kind of had a flow and then billy joel's kind of like clunky having said that even though i wasn't thrilled about the performance i did want to see someone how do i put this stuff of his age necessarily not someone who's young mm -hmm. you know i want to see more of those people on because i think that we live in such a glamorous good-looking society that they need to have old grumpy people on tv <laughs> i also really hate it when artists are like i'm going to play my new song where i feel like they're promoting a new thing rather than they're there to like celebrate with their work that's just yeah. kind of a weird thing that well, bugs me but remember, he he did two performances. Yeah. So, yeah. And so they're both at the very end of the broadcast. And yeah. Turn the Lights Back On was clearly the thing that was being held till the end because that was the big hook. Yes. That was the thing that they kept promoting coming up later in the show. No the pressure. New song by <laughs> Billy Joel. And they kept like teasing it out. And yeah, no that's the thing that they are having people wait to hear. And then it just kind of was nice. It, it was it was okay right well but and, I, I mean you gotta live like up to that song. hype it's hard right. right i like the song but i don't know that it was wait till the very end of a three-hour broadcast good you know what i mean i would have opened with it well i don't know that would have been kind of a i don't know but then he closed the show with you may be right which i thought sounded great yep yeah i mean so you know it went out well but i just don't think that new single was I mean, it's good. I like it, but yeah. I don't know. That I want to hear it you know, recorded. It's the big yeah. climax of a three hour broadcast, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think if he's clunky and doesn't fit, you open with two songs from Billy Joel. And then, you know, I may be right. gets everybody kind of like pumped and energetic and yeah. going. And then you close out something yeah. else, you know? Yeah. Um, true. Even though, I mean, putting him at the beginning is also, you know, where do you put him in the beginning? You can't really put him in the middle because it's a momentum killer. Yeah. <laughs> And I hate to say that about Billy Joel, but it's just kind of well, it's a know, little out of um, place, like you were saying. I would just like to also note about how, like, this was like so dominated by women this year, which was so mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> it really mm -hmm. was, though. It was, I mean, and I think that they said um, the best pop solo performance was literally that whole category was women in that category. Yep, yep. impressive. And then you know. Of course, Taylor winning album of the year, and she broke a record. Yeah. She is the only person to have won album of the year four times. That's crazy. I don't know. Do you agree with that win? <sighs> I know I've read people don't agree with the win because it's not her greatest album, they're saying. I don't think it's her best album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a bad album. I just don't think it's as good as like some of the previous ones. I'm I'm glad for the win though. Um, yeah, 
you know, I'm glad that she, I don't know. I mean, people talk about her like she's the new Elvis and the new Beatles, and she certainly has the fan fervor to back that up. Like she has a fan base like nobody has had in a long, long time. Maybe ever. I mean, because there's a there's a very big difference between her fan base and what you've really ever seen, even with Grateful Dead or people like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I don't think it was as good as some of her previous albums, but I'm happy for her. Yeah, I'm happy for her. And one thing that kind of turned me off that I was kind of a little disappointed that she did was when she was like, I don't it wasn't for that win, but it was for the previous win. She had a like when she was like. And my new album's coming out. I was like, oh, man, that's kind of tacky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was just <laughs> like, you just say thank you. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> but that was her. She spun it as this is my way of thanking my fans. I guess. You know. like, But that's but, also like, ugh. See, like, again, that drives me nuts. Me too. That just dry- I think it's crass. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> You're all waiting for this, aren't you? You're welcome. (laughs) But who, there was another one too. Who was it? Um, One of the country people basically did a new album announcement, but it was a commercial, you know, not part of the broadcast. It was a commercial in between segments and it kind of got overshadowed by Taylor doing that off the cuff. You know, I mean, I think that they had planned to, okay, so let's just, let's just look at this because everybody in her fan base expected that the next announcement would be of the, the re-recording of her, uh, the last, she was re-recording her first six albums. The last one of those reputation, everyone was expecting that to be the next announcement. Right. And, um, so the day of the broadcast, they shut all of her socials down. They shut down her online store and you're like, Oh, they're setting up for something. And they had left little clues and the sort of the, color scheme of the reputation album is black and white she wore a white dress with black gloves there was other little clues throughout the day that you're like holy shit a a reputation announcement is coming so when she came up to the mic and she said my brand new album called whatever it's called is coming out in april you're like what right like nobody (laughs) nobody expected a brand new album Mm -hmm. yes crazy town and I mean, you could. It's, it's what's interesting about that is she did the nods to reputation, but also by wearing the Clarabeau watch thing, she also did a nod to the new record, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that's true. But nobody, um, nobody wouldn't have known that though. I know. That's nobody why. That's why it's so it. hindsight. It's like, oh, yeah. right. Um, the gloves, the handbag. And the necklace are all nods to Clara Bow, which is really interesting how she's got one foot in the past and one foot in the present. And also, you know, we're all everyone's watching the, the Grammys like, OK, there's also this sort of side hustle of like, OK, who's Taylor going to hug now? I really like the interaction with her on Lana Del Rey. Oh, and, so nice uh, that she brought her up there. And I would like, but Lana Del Rey did not look comfortable. Up there, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's like with Steph, when you get your Grammy and when you have me or Alan come up with you, and (laughs) who are you? I would like to have seen Lana Del Rey perform. And I also would have probably liked to seen more of Brandi Carlisle perform. But, you know, we have time. But I sort of like the fact that you sort of see musicians hanging out with other musicians in really interesting sort of ways, um, which is kind of the highlights. And I wish we'd have more of that. And I wish they'd kind of mix up who presents with whom. A little a little more mm. but that's okay i'm sure this is not an easy job and i could not do it so <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sure you could 
I know she didn't perform. I don't think she performed the. I don't remember seeing, it, but I also was really happy that Gracie Adams got some FaceTime because when we saw Taylor Swift, she opened, and mm-hmm. I knew nothing about her music, but was kind of begrudged because of her dad is such a big wig in in Hollywood. And I'm like, well, did she get this on merit or because you know her dad's J.J. Abrams? And I'm like, okay, she's really an interesting artist to watch. So I was kind of glad she got a lot of FaceTime too. So they did the they did this really clever thing where artists that didn't necessarily win or that were up and coming got a little bit of exposure to sort of plant seeds for what's coming. Like Olivia Rodrigo or whatever. Maybe. Yeah, we sort of know who these big people are going to be yeah. in the future. Well, right? she's pretty big, I should say. I should maybe well, not was, Olivia, but I maybe mean, that was a bad know. example that I said. <laughs> no, that was a good example because a lot of people didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I like, you know, I was, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about her. Olivia Rodrigo, she, she, to me, she's one of those people that looks like she's saying, I'm so great all the time. And I don't know. That's maybe just, <laughs> I just, maybe, I, I don't know why I get that like vibe from her. But having said that, I really did like that live performance of Vampire because I thought yeah. it was, and I liked the blood, the, you know, the blood, she starts subtly like wiping blood on her, yeah. and it's on her dress, all of a sudden it's on her face, like, and then it's coming out of the walls. Like that was really, that yeah. was good. I like, I mean, I got to give her props. That was a good one. Yeah. Is that going to be incorporated in shows that you and Bob do? Yes, we're blood coming out of the walls. <laughs> Maybe totally for different reasons. I don't know. Maybe there's actually going to be blood. <laughs> now, with I just have a question about that. Was she singing live? Because she she was. She has a great, great voice. She has a great voice. Was that live? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was live. Wow. That, the, that, the Grammys doesn't really do like piped in mm. music. You know, if it's not live, I don't think they really do it on their show but well, yeah you did a good yeah job. i think it was i'm pretty sure it was live and she yeah she does sound great yeah and and i've liked a lot of her new album mm-hmm. the, the first album i was like okay you know this is good and i'm i'm i can see you know but then the second album i've really liked a lot more and vampire is just a phenomenal song so you know good on her for that can i say something that i didn't like this is the one yeah. thing that, and i don't mean to come across i don't know i mean he's obviously huge but Travis Scott, <laughs> I don't understand. I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't understand. There, if if you walked away from that and you could hum any sort of anything of that song, I will give you $1,000. Like there's not one thing you could remember. Like it's total. The auto-tune thing is so bad. You know, like how bad can you be that you have to have your auto-tune up that much? Right. You know, I just, it, yeah, it didn't do anything for me either. <laughs> I, and it was so the whole, the whole, it was like Mad Max kind of thing. I don't get it. I just sorry. And him smashing the folding chairs at the end. <laughs> you that know, was a low light for me. <laughs> I was in a. I was in a. I was. You know. I was kind of like live Facebooking. You know, my mm-hmm. reactions as the program was going on. But I was in a chat with some friends also, and one of them says. <laughs> How does somebody who uses auto-tune get a Grammy? <laughs> yeah, well. and, and she's like 25 years younger than me. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, that's the kind of thing that I want to say, but people call me a boomer if yeah. I say it. So I <laughs> refrain from saying it. But so thank you for expressing my thoughts. <laughs> it was well, really. To, to be fair, there was another person that there used was. that that did, get a, that did get a Grammy. Yeah, Cher, right? Um, Wasn't it no, Laurie Anderson. Oh, okay. Oh, well, for Superman? 
Well, yeah, I mean, for a lot of her, things. a lot, a lot of but, her stuff. But yeah, but that's a that's a very different thing, though. I know, and Cher is a different thing too. I feel like like Cher oh, has I a song. song. I hated it too, but you could sing it. And that's again, like I feel like 150 years old, you could sing it. I mean, everyone but knows also, I love rap. I'm not like a, I yeah. love rap music, but this I don't know what this is. Even I don't even right. know what this is. It seemed very unorganized and kind of. I mean, outside of the song and the music, it just the execution just didn't seem to work. Yeah. Right. Very lackluster um, too. Yeah. He was yeah. just like, I'm here. Fuck you all. Right. And you know, i certainly didn't know any of his songs. But, yeah. You know, yeah. it was, it, there was a lot of fire and there was a lot of <laughs> chair smashing. So, you know, I guess it was something just like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if people could only see what we were doing when we record these things. And our, <laughs> our backup dancers are going bananas right now. <laughs> Bob and Anthony. (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, speaking of Anthony, I wish we had had him on so he could react to Oasis being on the nomination list for the Rock Call this year. (laughs) Maybe we'll, maybe I'll, like, just get a phone call with him and get his recording. Please You know, record his reaction and then put it on Um, the show. I was kind of annoyed that Sparks didn't get a nomination for album, but I get it. So I'm I'm just going to say that. Yeah. That's true. I, you know, the, the thing too that kind of bugs me is I'm I'm such but I'm more of a musical completist than other people. I wanted to see some of the stuff that they didn't show. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see some of the like scoring and I'm I'm yeah. interested in oh, the yeah. classical stuff. I'm interested in the classical stuff too. And, and some of the jazz stuff. And I really think it was a huge disservice to not show the Laurie Anderson Lifetime Achievement Award. Because I, I did not know yeah. this until I was uh, talking to the kids at the coffee shop. Lori Anderson's kind of become a thing on TikTok. Is that right? With part of parts of Ong's on Oh Superman have been used in <gasps> memes for TikTok, right? I had no idea. Yeah, and that's kind of kind of cool. So it's like it's gone for kind of gone for full circle, right? But, you know, I am neither a ticker nor a talker, <laughs> I, and yeah, I, I just don't know what the what the fuck happens on TikTok. It's a foreign world to me. I want to give a shout out to my friend Claudia Chopak, who played on the soundtrack for Some Like It Hot and, you know, for the show, and they won the Grammy. Woo, woo, Yay. woo. That's nice. awesome. Congratulations, Some Like a Hot, Some Like It Hot. Yay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll have her on the show sometime. I know. We got to get Cloudy on here. Oh, yeah, baby. That'd be awesome. But yeah, I mean, I, I would like to have seen that just because outside of her work as an artist you know she's an artist in residence for nasa for god's sakes and then also just the stuff she's did done with lou reed and you know tons of other and Mm -hmm. and adrian ballou and just tons of other artists that she she worked with um i can totally see them not including that in the broadcast though because nobody knows who the fuck laurie anderson is i know when you talk about lifetime achievement you talk about people that everybody knows and i I think it was incredible that they gave this to her but they've but, also done a thing where they're giving it to record executives and, you know, concert promoters, the Lifetime Achievement <laughs> Award. And you're like, who are these people? Right. Unless it's Clive Davis, you know, I don't Sure. I, who are these people? So there is some of that, you know. But if the Grammys are truly there to educate people, then you need to show some of this other stuff. At least stream it. Yeah. If you don't want to put it in the pod mm-hmm. in the broadcast, you know, put it in your podcast or your your YouTube or whatever, you know. The classical stuff is always really interesting to me because I kind of am interested in contem- contemporary classical stuff. But, you know, I get that that's not something that's down with 
90% of the population. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It should be well, made it's available not even, somewhere. It's, like, it's not even down with a lot of classical music fans because they don't like yeah. contemporary shit. Yeah. Anyway, um, there is one performance that we haven't talked about and haven't even mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I want kind of want to get to that. And that is you two at the sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Stephanie, you're a big U2 fan. What'd you think? I'm a really big U2 fan. I was not, I was underwhelmed. First of all, it was, they were cutting clearly like the drums weren't syncing with what the drummer was playing. Like there was obviously oh, yeah. it was taped and it was like, part of that was, I think the whole thing was taped, right? I mean, like it was clearly. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was BS. Plus U2 is not U2 without Larry. So I'm sorry. I just right. can't even. Right. And um, I don't know. I was just like, oh, what? Why? I don't know. But even, even as a first exposure, first representation of the sphere, this mythical thing that we've heard so much about. I didn't even think it worked for that. Oh, yeah. No. You know, because it is it is almost impossible venue to shoot. Yeah. Because you have to be in it to experience it the way that it's supposed to be experienced. And it's hard to capture the band and capture the the phenomenon going on around them. Yeah. But yes. I just thought it was, I mean, first of all, Atomic City is just not that great a song. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really care for it that much. It's not a bad song. I just don't think it's you know, yeah. not a great U2 song. So for that to be the, I mean, I knew, knew that would be the song that they would do, but I don't know, man. It just, somebody said it felt more like an advertisement to the other musicians at the Grammys <laughs> to want to book a, a, you know, a run of nights at the sphere right. than it was to entertain the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just odd. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you two. Yeah, sorry, you two. Love you, but you know, come on. Yeah, I yeah, I also was underwhelmed, and you know, it made it reminded me of the whole Apple thing. I'm like, oh yeah, these guys. You know, not the legacy yeah. of a great band. It's like, oh yeah, these guys. Where I'm more interested in just watching the Edge and Adam Clayton at this point than Bono. It's just so, you know, he's at his best when he's not trying to be a pop star. Just just go in and be a singer, please. Yeah, please. you know. Don't be a pop band. It's not working. You know, um, they, they never they never pressed war crimes against them for discotheque. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have something that you want to say about this year's Grammy, we would love to hear it. And we'll read it out on our next program. Um, you can email us at modernmusicology1 at gmail.com or just look for our socials and make a comment. We'll find it and we will put it on our next show. Okay, so we're recording out of order, so I don't even know. Oh, I know. All right, so next week we are joined by my buddy, Matt Alsbach, who is going to be talking about the 50th anniversary of KISS, the release of their first album and some of our uh, favorite moments over the KISS career. And, you know, it's going to be a good show. So stick around for that. And then in two weeks, we are going to be talking about the amazing year 1974 and all of our favorite recordings from that year. So definitely stick around for more. All right. So Stephanie, do us a big favor. Tell us where people can hear more of what you have to offer the world. The world. You can the find world. me at <laughs> Stephanie Seymour Music on Facebook. You can find me on there underscore R underscore birds on Instagram. And also I have a website called thereirebirds.com. 
And on Bandcamp, you can find me under my name and on Spotify and all the streaming platforms, you can find me too. And uh, we also have, my husband Bob Perry is playing at 503 Social in Hoboken on February 25th, and I'll be singing backup vocals for him if anybody's in the area. Get your tickets now because it's a cool, small, intimate place, and we're playing with our awesome friend Julia Greenberg, who is amazing, and I'll be singing backups with her too. Nice. A lot of people think about Sinatra or Yola Tango when they think about music in Hoboken. Yeah. I think of the great Bob Perry. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob, where can people track you down? So you can find me on uh, Louder Than War Radio. That's Mondays from 6 to 8 Greenwich time, 1 to 3 Central, or 1 to 3 Eastern, 12 to 2 Central. Um, and all of those shows, I believe 43 editions are archived on the Louder Than War Mixcloud, uh, Louder Than War radio page. Uh, check that out. It's a show called Antics. And then also coming soon on Mondays in February to The Face in Brooklyn is uh, the Free Design, my other new radio show that that is happening. And uh, that is sort of being launched and trying to figure out what the hell we're doing with it. So it sounds different than the other two. Right. And then uh, I do juxtaposition on KDHX every Wednesdays from 7 to 9 Central, streaming at kdhx.org, and our archive stream uh, as all the shows for two weeks. Also, so, you can find me on the Need Coffee podcast and uh, this podcast. Well, they've already found you on this podcast. Yes, but if so, they're listening later. So does that make you 15 radio shows now? <laughs> Just three. Just three. Okay. I have well, as many of those as you have podcasts. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So speaking of me and podcasts, in addition to this one, you can find Doctor Who A to Z, yes. which of course is my Doctor Who podcast, yes. and Earth Station Trek. It's a it's a podcast all about Star Trek. I bet you never would have guessed mm -hmm. that. All right. Everybody have a great week. Check us out again next week for KISS and in two weeks for 1974. Everybody take care and have a great week. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.